you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL Podcast. I'm literally tired as f of voicing these stupid things. <laughs> We've all hit our breaking points uh, during the <laughs> pandemic, and there is monies. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hens, coming to you from a virtual room filled with some heroes. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. What's up, boys? What is up? I like that. Money. Telling it like it is. That's Money. Well, I mean, your coworker, he's, though. That's your coworker on the Power Rankings show now. Right. And, the, you guys and he's, have working, a, he's working on that show. He's called himself Money. When I go pick up uh, my child, Luke, in the afternoons, I listen to Petros and Money. Um, mm. He's announcing Chargers game. This is the one task that's been going on for a decade that he's not received an American penny for. So I could understand the agitation. Well, you can't you can't pay for this type of publicity that he's been getting connected to this world-renowned podcast. So that's the other way to look at it. It's almost like an unpaid internship for a wildly <laughs> successful sportscaster. <laughs> okay. And yes, money and the old Zeuser uh, every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on NFL Network, the Power Ranking Show. That's been a lot of fun. Um, boys, it's heating up. The whole season's heating up. As long as as long as we can, you know, dodge the raindrops on this COVID stuff. Uh, I'm really starting to enjoy the soap opera that is every NFL season because we got some real uh, narratives that are, are heating up as, as, as we head to the sec- toward the second half of the season. And we're going to get into a bunch of uh, happenings in the league as we uh, edge closer to week seven. I know you're excited, Mark. I honestly enjoy this football season more than in the past because we've come to the razor's edge a few times where it felt like with one more game shifting or postponement that the NFL gets into a huge tangled web. I, I don't enjoy that tension, but that tension alone makes the games happening. And I, you know, we can talk about obviously the games that happened last night. I don't remember my lifetime watching like a Monday afternoon game um, in Los Angeles in this time zone taking place like in a drizzly Western New York Berg. I thought that was sort of a beautiful thing to be able to do at a really weird time in the day. So thumbs mm. up for me. And it's also, you know, you don't have to go into the office. You don't have to get all dressed up. The exhaustion factor is a little bit lower. The appreciation factor is, is hiked up a little bit. Well, yeah. it, it's good to be distracted, too. This, is, You know, it's like there was that concern, I remember, from the NBA players when they were going to go into their bubble. Are we going to distract from all the important things going on? And it's like... Well, yep, this NFL season is totally distracting me. I am very (laughs) distracted. I I can confirm that. And you're right, Mark. Back when we used to go to the office, when we would put on our penguin suits, you know, get the tuxes on and to sit at our cubicles, way dressed down now compared to then. Let's be honest. It wasn't much different in terms of what we're wearing. Maybe shorts (laughs) versus pants. 
I, I mean, know. just the whole process of having to go into the office and it's like, hey, it's a head honcho in the break room. You better get in and get your cool comment in. It's like, you know, <laughs> a lot of that's just been removed from the process. <laughs> oh, I hated those days. All right. A lot to talk about. A quarterback change. Internal drama around America's team. A Thursday night football game to preview. But first, yes, two football games played on Monday. Only one of them actual the broadcast rights of the Monday night football brand. So let's start with the other one. I've never seen Andy that mad. And he definitely was not happy about what, what so they go for it on fourth down and get the touchdown. Gerald Williams and Andy Reid is mad no more. <laughs> that was Joe Buck, of course, and Troy Aikman starting out with some comments about Andy. Andy was hot there, but I'm sure he had smiles on his face uh, after the game. 26-17, a win for the Chiefs in Orchard Park against the Bills, a rainy uh, day in western New York that did not play into a positive situation for any either quarterback in this game, but only one team uh, handled it best, and that is the Chiefs, the defending champs. Clyde Edwards-Alaire goes... 26 for 161 uh, in leading the way, and the Chiefs are 5-1. And, and all of a sudden, Greg, the Bills are on a two-game losing streak, and Josh Allen not looking like the Josh Allen of the first four weeks of the season. He hasn't, and uh, you know he missed some throws early because of the rain, and he made some good decisions, and there was a couple plays that receivers have made in the past. I'm thinking of a, of a third-down throw, bounces off a receiver's helmet on the first drive. Uh, Stefan Diggs isn't able to take in maybe Allen's best throw of the day in the end zone uh, later in the first half. And they only got seven drives. So there's this whole strategy, well, let's make Mahomes earn it. Let's keep. Let's um, try to uh, make them earn it with all these rushing yards. And that only works... If you can get the Chiefs off the field on third down and Mahomes hit a third third and goal, I think from the 13 to Kelsey, he hit a third and 15 and he hit a third and 12 later in the game. So suddenly you shorten the game and you just shorten the time you're about to lose. And so I thought the two um, strategies that the Bills had in terms of offense and defense didn't really match up because they weren't sharp enough offensively to go along with that strategy that they had defensively. Yeah, and I, I think that we're watching in real time a Bills defense that for years has sort of been the linchpin of who they are and uh, could could get them wins when the offense couldn't, you know, do their part, um, fall apart. I mean, they gave up 466 yards. And, you know, sometimes these games have strange little moments. And, and my favorite drive of the entire season materialized in the third quarter of this one. A third quarter that, you know, sometimes we do like these Sky Sports hits on Sunday, which would come at the end of the third quarter. And you'd think to yourself, because you might not be watching the game that Sky Sports is watching, I could go uh, make a cup of cocoa right now. I could go take a walk around the block. I've got a solid 20 minutes until, you know, you jump on with them. But in this case, the way this quarter, third quarter went, it tripped away in like two seconds because... This drive that Kansas City run, the 7-minute, 47 march, 13 plays, 87 yards. And I understand that everyone loves the Chiefs because of what Mahomes does acrobatically, artistically, athletically, week after week. I love them switching it up in ugly weather in western New York and running the ball right down Buffalo's throat. That game, or that drive, ended with that Daryl Williams touchdown that we talked about that, you know— was a balm to Andy Reid, who was ready to flip out on the sideline. It was 20-3. to There was plenty of time left. The contest, to me, felt entirely over at that point. I just loved Andy Reid on the eve of the World Series throwing a changeup to the Bills. The 46 rushing attempts, which is tied for the most that he's ever called in 21 years as a head coach, accounting for the 245 yards. And uh, sometimes you don't overthink it. I mean... Edwards Alaire, who obviously is going to have company now with Le'Veon Bell, uh, but you look at what they were able to do, um, and you wonder whether Bell should be jumping into the mix. He will be obviously involved in some capacity, uh, but you would think this is a game you want to build off with Edwards Alaire. And the other thought that I had was, yes, the downside of not turning Patrick Mahomes loose, and maybe you couldn't because of the conditions, 
and not letting him be the mad bomber that just destroys teams with uh, deep strikes. The one thing that the negative of that is that it, the game's going to probably stay closer and it's going to stay tight. So when the Bills got that score to get it to six points, uh, and under most con- uh, circumstances, you might start to get a little bit nervous. Are you going to get this game uh, taken out from under you? But with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, everything's fine. As long as nobody else messes up, and Edwards Lair nearly did with a fumble that was uh, uh, rightly called back because his knee was down. But Mahomes made the plays, and the Bills' defense is a capital A, capital P problem right now. Uh, they can't get a big stop. Right, their defensive line has been bad all year. Really, they have problems everywhere. They miss Matt Milano, certainly, but one guy you know, at linebacker is not going to change this whole defense. There, there's no juice in terms of their pass rush pl- pressure, and they're a team that doesn't love to send extra guys. So Jerry Hughes, he's sort of defied um, time for years. Maybe he's getting a little older. Mm. You, you ha- give Trent Murphy, Murphy a healthy scratch last night. He's one of the highest cap numbers on your team. Ed Oliver... It hasn't totally popped. They're kind of an easy team to run against. And then they're a little thinner in the back end, too, where I think Norman can be picked on, Teron Johnson, their slot corner can be picked on. That all said, I mean, it was it was varsity JV, like Steelers-Browns to me, even though it didn't show up that way. It was 466 yards to 206. With that said, I, I still think Mahomes gets most of the credit because – He's the one, and a lot of times calling these plays, you know, deciding to run because he looks and he's staying patient. And again, like on that that game-winning field goal drive, it takes him extending the play on third and 13 and hitting that throw to make that sort of strategy work because the Bills did stop um, the Chiefs running the ball on their last two drives. And it takes Mahomes kind of bailing them out after two early down runs uh, in the red zone with that beautiful throw to Kelsey. So that's like the start of it all. And then you just play smart and you have a good running game and you, you lose Mitchell Schwartz and you're all uh, disc- you know having new guys in the interior offensive line too. So it's like it, running the ball is smart, uh, but it all starts with Mahomes. I think, I think next week, though, it's like the Broncos, they're going to keep run- – I think teams are going to keep running this strategy where it's like, okay, run for 200 yards and we'll take our chances. But I, it did remind me. I like the varsity JV um, comparison there because like Pittsburgh and Cleveland, I thought that the Chiefs forget the score, as you mentioned, Dan. They broke them. I think they tamed them. They silenced them. You're watching Daniel Kilgore at center just maul whatever Buffalo put up against him. They were running for eight yards per carry. So sometimes it's the matchup too. And you trust Reed to, if there's a soft belly in Buffalo's defense, he just went after it over and over. And the one thing about the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey had a a pretty killer fumble at the end of the half. That kind of thing gets in the heads of some teams. Kelsey was furious about that. They mentioned it, that he came out, that he was jawing at everyone in the locker room because he's had some up-and-down moments in this early season. But by the end of halftime, he's hugging Eric Bieniemy. They're composed, they're back in action, and they totally exert their will. This is a different team. You play the Chiefs, and they put you in your tier, and I think they put Buffalo in their tier in the AFC. You're not right. at Kansas City's level on any at any point right now. Especially the, offensively. They, they're a team right. that needs to score 30 points a week in the last two weeks their offense hasn't done it and yet the Raiders put the Chiefs in their place in Kansas City's previous game which just speaks to you know the week-to-week nature of our league but yeah the Chiefs are fun to watch their offense especially it's just so layered okay let's get to the late game here's first and 10 Kyler Murray a deep shot got a man and it's caught Christian Kirk how about 80 yards to the house just like that Steve Levy with the call. Are the Cardinals good or are the Cowboys terrible? (laughs) Maybe both. All right, the Cardinals 38, (laughs) Cowboys 10, Kyler Murray in his homecoming. He grew up in North Texas. Three touchdowns, including, yes, that rainball. Beautiful deep strike to Christian Kirk. Uh, 80 yards that effectively settled matters in the second quarter and Mark the defense took it home from there befuddling Andy Dalton and Buda Baker out front with a, a tremendous game sack pick force fumble two QB hits total effort by the Cardinals and the Cowboys are throwing a mess 
Yeah, I mean, this is another game where I think the matchup just was a disaster for Dallas, where they, I believe Erica Tamposi had a couple snaps at right guard at one point. Um, Zach Martin went down. There's nothing along the Dallas line. And, but yet, this is not an Andy, this is not a pick on Andy Dalton game for me because week after week. Why do you assume I'm like an offensive lineman? Like I'm that big. (laughs) Well, I think they were they were needing. Why wouldn't people? I be like a tiny like cornerback that's super right, a fast? A scat back. Well, I think you weren't big enough because like a you, super like, foxy scat back. Yeah, or like the the hot quarterback. I'll rethink. I'll rethink my position um, area Thank for you. you to play Car- when you get into on. the game. This is Mark's final show. Yes, I'll be seeing you later. I mean, I watching this Cowboys defense week after week. And it's thir- there's a third and ten play, and it's like kind of a, a child knows that at this point with the Cardinals trying to work them their way out of a little bit of a funk that you're going to lean on your on your biggest strength, and it's third and ten, and Kyler Murray scrambles for a first down. There's a later play where it's fourth and one, and Kyler Murray rushes for eleven yards with literally nobody around him at all. And to me, that's the Dallas defense. I and we'll get into some of the stuff going on there, but it is as if they had never perceived of Kyler Murray. Or never that maybe someone like Little it's, Debbie is watching more Kyler Murray tape and more Cardinals tape than Dallas does. They look completely disorganized and it was only a matter of time where once their offense starts creating their own mistakes and Zeke Elliott, now that's a different type of fumble. The look on his face when he had his first fumble was one of dejection and one of this team is lost already, completely different to what I just mentioned about Kelsey. I think this team was broken early in this game, too. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, from the from the Cardinals side, in, like, we'll, we'll pick on Dalton. Like you said, this is not a pick on Dalton. Game. Well, why not? I mean, he was awful. Oh, he's I bad. Think, he's I mean, so he bad. have have you ever have you seen a guy stare down more open receivers and not let go of the ball? I know right, the line just was not bad. alone on Dalton. No, which is an easy I get it. But to, to me, the, the the Cowboys defense is only going to make a handful of stops every game, maybe in a row, and they did that like four drives in a row to start the game. And Zeke is giving the ball away, so you're you're totally done. Then if Zeke is giving the ball away and Dalton was trying to give the ball away and the Cardinals wouldn't take it early, like that's it. You're only going to get so many stops. Then the defense collapsed. And it's a total mess. I do think, though, with Murray, I give the. I'm, I'm not going to pick on them too much because to me, he's he's like the fastest at like quarterback. And I know Lamar Jackson was just a year ago, um, and Kyler's similar, but just as fast and is better at avoiding hits. Like some of those plays are almost unstoppable. And Kyler Murray and their their passing game is still a problem. Like he completed less than half his passes and they need to be more consistent uh, in general. But some of those play calls where like he tosses it to himself on a fake toss. I don't know. No no one's going to stop that. Uh, It makes them so dangerous. I'm not sure about their defense and I'm not sure about their, their passing offense. Um, But man, their running game should be good like each week. It didn't show on Monday night because Dallas has so many issues right now, but Chandler Jones uh, not being there is, is going to hurt them. Um, uh, and they have a huge measuring stick game against the Seahawks coming up. So uh, they're going to enter that game with a lot of confidence because of how well they played in this game, uh, and they deserve it. On the on the Cowboys side of things, and by the way, I think – Kyler's Murray, Kyler's helmet is about ten percent smaller this year. Hmm. He's, it's still there's a, the proportion is still off where it does still feel like it's like a when he's like scattering, scampering down the sideline. But I think he has a little less wind resistance on that helmet, and that's leading to better production with his legs. That's just the theory. A little I have. less of a spaceman's helmet than than in previous right. Not games. not to not to be a uh, child of the eighties, but you remember in. Uh, what was it? Spaceballs when Rick Moranis had the giant Darth Vader helmet. Still, kind of has that that vibe a little bit, but that's no, wh- the- what. What do I need to know more about you that you saw Spaceballs but have never seen Star Wars? That is like the most <laughs> clear cut Dan Hansis like differentiator out there. I didn't get a lot of the jokes, but it was a great sight gag. The helmet was so big. All right, Cowboys. Whoa, what a mess! And um, as bad as they looked, and Dalton did look lost. And maybe you know we talked about it. It was the um, the reckoning for the Dalton scale. But the one thing, and Wes pointed it out on Twitter, that game was in prime time too. It was his first start in prime time. He always stinks like that. We got to get him into some early Sunday games, and he'll start lighting it up with CD <laughs> and Gallup and Cooper. I, I still think Dalton's going to have good numbers there, but he was right, real maybe. bad. Real bad on Monday. Now, NFL Network's Jane Slater reported on Tuesday 
that players are starting to uh, speak out about their unhappiness behind the scenes. One player, one player told Slater that Mike McCarthy's staff is, quote, totally unprepared. They don't teach. They don't have any sense of adjusting on the fly. Another player, player told Slater they just aren't good at their jobs. And, Greg, this does summon <laughs> memories. Not good at their jobs. Yeah, it summons memories of that hit piece on McCarthy near the end of his Packers reign, where that thing was winding down. And there was some some issues behind the scenes there, and there was the report. I think was it that Mike McCarthy was getting a full body massage while team meeting was supposed to happen or something like stuff like that. And the players are unhappy. The fact that it's happening this early in the Dallas tenure when they're playing so poorly, uh, this is not a good sign. No, my favorite part of that report is you know the Cowboys players they'd been you know all in lockstep at keeping this in house for a while, but you know they couldn't wait anymore. Here we are, week six. <laughs> Let's absolutely bury our coaches. Um, it's it's delightful. I like the theory um, proposed by uh, the Athletics Bob Sturm, who I like a lot. That this is still Jason Garrett's fault. That the country club culture, where the players are like the kings and are always right, is still permeating in this franchise. And I would still, I would agree just a little bit with that, and give it a little more, uh, you know, higher up at Jerry Jones, where I do think. Um, the the way I thought you were joking, but no, that's that's a serious theory. Okay, no, that was a on. serious theory. Okay, uh, I do think there is something to this team where they are superstars. They believe their own hype. That the the players are always prioritized over the coaches. That that's not a that's not a secret since Jimmy Johnson's been there um, because the ownership they always have the ownership's ear, and I think they're because of that they feel emboldened somewhat. Uh, to talk like this about the guys uh, who can bench you. And, and so I, I do think there there's something to it. It doesn't mean that the players aren't right uh, and that the, the coaches are, are doing a poor job. I think the worst thing you can do as a coach is try to have your scheme and fit the players that are there into your scheme no matter what. Um, despite what they're good at. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Like in Nolan's scheme, it's like you need these big guys up front to occupy blockers. And it's like they don't have those guys. And that's why people are just cutting through them. And you you see the communication breakdowns in the secondary. They've allowed the most points um, through six weeks since integration. That that's the way I thought well, put on Twitter last night. Integration so, was the divide. That was line? the way they put it. Yeah, so I think random, it was the forties. Okay. I mean, I think that just puts you in a mental space. Of, it was a little bit of a different NFL the last time this many points were given up. And I would just world. point to like so, Mike McCarthy. It's about a year ago that our reporter NFL Network, uh, you know, star at this point, Tom Pelissero, wrote that think piece, I guess you would call it, on Mike McCarthy about the epiphanies he was having, that he maybe read a book on analytics and had a whole new <laughs> uh, window into what that could offer. And then he goes down and, you know, the Cowboys don't go and look at uh, out-of-the-box people. He, Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy fall in love with each other over the course of a, a day and drinks at Jerry Jones's house, and they hire Mike McCarthy. And then you look at how Jerry Jones started in the NFL by firing Tom Landry, um, which was sacrilegious in Dallas, obviously. But to get a totally raw, fresh um, NFL face in Jimmy Johnson, who comes from Miami and is a culture hammer, he changes things. And it isn't players talking over coaches and all that stuff. But ever since then, kind of like, you know, when you move away from, like, we've talked about this before, he went completely other end of the spectrum after the breakup with Jimmy Johnson, and he proceeds to hire Barry Switzer, who just inherits like George Seifert did in San Francisco, a good roster, and after being caught eating a hot dog on the sideline during the Pro Bowl, goes and wins a Super Bowl with Jimmy Johnson's players the next year, okay? Then they hire Chan Gailey, Dave Campo, Bill Parcells, nice hire, Wade Phillips, Jason Garrett and now Mike McCarthy. These are all essentially old school veteran coaches that aren't going to bring something new. And Mike McCarthy, after selling, I think, Jimmy Johnson a bill of goods about being this new coach and, you know, time will tell, goes and hires Nolan, who couldn't be more of an old school, old boys, friend of friends, pick for your defensive coordinator. I mean, I think some of this, some of these seeds were sown when Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones refused to broaden a net and look for someone that could change Cowboys mm. culture. Jerry Jones turned 78 last week. 
and um, he is not blameless in this. And it's no. beyond just who he's choosing as the coach because Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan will, will end up being fall guys if this thing really goes off the rails. And it might even be a one-and-done situation. Who knows? Because, like I said, Jared just turned 78. Uh, and the clock's ticking, and he wants results. And uh, if this thing continues to spiral and players are you know, uh, abandoning the ship, it might force the hand of ownership. And I just – I think one thing it's – while I don't think McCarthy was a necessarily an exhilarating hire, I feel like he is a bit of a scapegoat here because he didn't inherit um, a good defense, and he Mike Nolan is being asked to to make do with uh, a defense that doesn't have a lot of parts, and then you factor in a ton of injuries that have compounded the situation and put the Cowboys now behind the eight ball. They had a roster that had holes and now a, de- a viciously depleted roster because of injury. So it, it, to me, it's kind of, you can't put it on one thing. It's a, everything that's kind of come together right. uh, a, as a poop sandwich in Dallas. And maybe McCarthy and Nolan are the fall guys here, but uh, there's a lot of things that have come into play. here. But they, they spending a lot of money on defense. I mean, the Everson Griffin uh, signing hasn't worked, but, De- Demarcus Lawrence is one of the highest paid defensive linemen uh, in the league and is is really struggling. Alden Smith has been an amazing signing. Jalen Smith has really struggled, is making a lot of money. Van Der Esch is a key piece. He's there. I mean, they're not without talent. They, they have some high draft picks in the secondary. So I, I think a lot of his coaching, a ton of it is injuries, of course. I mean, the offensive line is is decimated. Um, but I really was annoyed how often we heard last night how the Cowboys weren't expecting that much of a drop-off after going to Dalton. It's like BS. They pay one guy $31 million and the other guy $3 million and you're not expecting much of a drop-off? You should expect a lot of a drop-off. You should know what you have with Dak Prescott. And it was a reminder to all the clowns who are always like, well, you know, well, with a lot of this, you know, production is like when they're coming back in games or it's down 30. It's like playing quarterback and putting up a lot of points is hard no matter what the score is. And I think we were reminded, you know, you see that watching terrible offenses uh, every week that can't do it, in, it when, whether it's garbage time or not. We saw last night, it's like Andy Dalton was bad at every point of the game. Like they didn't start scoring points once they were they were way down and they shouldn't need a reminder how good Dak is. I've I actually don't think they really did. I think he'll always be there. But, man, this there's no way they'll ever let Dak go if this season goes how I think it's going to go. I'd be shocked. Yeah. The, 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 like, I don't think it creates more indecision about Dak this injury. I think it just hammers home the certainty that they're going to give him the world and be like, all right, save us, which maybe isn't the best way to look at it either because they were having issues when Dak was lighting up the world. They just have so much work to do. I mean, and probably the biggest, like, career jolt. And, we and you know – I don't. I think we're all kind of we get where we are with Andy Dalton, but there's a lot of flowery talk about this is the you know opportunity for Andy Dalton to show that he should be a starter next season for another team. I mean that's fine, and he couldn't. I mean outside of the offensive line, he's never been surrounded with this type of starry weaponry. But it's still Andy Dalton, and the team that goes and signs Andy Dalton as their starter next year is going to get this player. And so I, I don't that that narrative well, that's not I never signed up if for. He, if he plays like. Last night, no one signing. Sure, him to be now a we have that information. But a week ago, it was like, hey, he, you know, and I was thinking, oh, he, he threw the ball aggressively to Michael Gallup at the end of last game. Maybe this is a new Dalton, well, and he's going to get you know great audition. And the whole thing is week to week league. Exactly, though. exactly. The, we'll the storylines become become absurd within because he's not going days. anywhere either. He and he's going to continue to be there. I, I still think he's going to put up numbers, but. Andy Dalton in primetime or in a playoff game has never been. I'm just annoyed all their games are going to matter so much because the NFC East. Right. It's funny because they keep showing the standings and how embarrassing it is, but I don't think people even understand how embarrassing because most of those wins they have are against each other. The, the, <laughs> the division is 215 and 1 right now outside the division, and both those wins were, were just by the skin of their teeth, including that onside kick recovery. 215 and 1. They're basically the, the, the worst team in the NFL as a division. All right, stick a pin in that because we have a great Thursday night football game coming up, and we're going to preview that at the end of the show. But first, there's a little bit more news to get to. It revolves around the Miami Dolphins, who, despite coming off uh, two resounding victories uh, that have moved them into the playoff race, into the AFC East race. How about that? Uh, they make the move. Tua is the new quarterback, uh, starting quarterback of the team. Ryan Fitzpatrick heads 
to the bench. And man, it makes too much sense to get the thoughts on the Dolphins straight from the most famous Dolphins fan in uh, Westchester uh, area of Los Angeles. That is the great Henry Hodgson, the vice president of international here in NFL media and late of the Dave Damashek football program. He's got a mic and he's got a platform and you know he's going to deliver. Did you love it, Hank? What'd you think of the decision by the Dolphins? I am super excited. Hello, friends. It's nice to hey. see you all. I, I thought I was here to talk about Moritz Boringer, so I, I'm not totally prepared for this. But um, can touch but we'll, on that. A we'll mobile try. ambush interview with the Hank. <laughs> we'll try. We'll try and speak about Tour instead. No, I, look, I'm 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 super excited. From the moment that he threw that two yard dump off to Patrick Laird, it was clear that this was a man who who is <laughs> who's destined for greatness. Um, and uh, so I'm I'm extremely excited. Yeah, but the the rollout throw to his left actually was was pretty yeah. good. I mean, I I immediately thought like he is quick, and you know what? There's not a, there's not a single um, there's not a single NFL player who can make that throw that is starting on Sundays because none of them are left handed. Like for I, real, that is there is something to that. True. I feel like that's literally true. it's impossible for the others. I, I do think that you know that the NFL is a better place when there are left handed quarterbacks in the league. The, you, having a left handed quarterback around is fun. It looks strange; people get freaked out by the whole thing, but that's exciting in itself. But I mean, other than that, this is something that Dolphins fans, you know, they started talking about Tua being a Dolphins player in like 2018, and it's taken all this time. You know, it took the time, and then Thank they Tua. they tanked for Tua last year. Apparently, although it you know, didn't really work out the way it did, but then he got injured. Then they managed to be in position to draft him without having to trade up or doing do anything else. And then there's this feeling of okay, he's here now. When do we actually get to see him? And the pressure's been building and building and building over the last few weeks. People were obviously you know wanted to see him in the in the back half of that. Um, uh, defeat of the 49ers a couple of weeks ago and that didn't happen so I was kind of I'd counted it out as I was um, I think one of the only people in the world watching the Jets Dolphins game rightly by the way anyone who decided to choose Packers Buccaneers instead um, and uh, and then it happened and it was super exciting and now we've got to wait another 12 days to to, to see it again but I think it'll be it's like the 12 days of Christmas it'll be Do you worth think it Henry- by the time we get there. Do you think that, um, because there's, you know, people out there, like, I, I get the, it's an abrupt switch because Fitzpatrick is Fitzpatrick. He's got good energy. He's been playing lights out. He, they've been winning. And so some thinking, why are you making this switch? I get why a Dolphins fan, Dolphins sneaky gone without a quarterback that really generated like, um, metropolitan energy in Miami since Dan Marino. I don't, I'm not putting Ryan Tannehill in that class at all or anyone else. <laughs> 2020 you, MVP, Ryan Tannehill. Well, right. In a, not in Miami, though, please. But do you think that this was the plan in terms of the timing from the very beginning, saying no matter what Fitzpatrick's doing, um, barring if Tua progresses, as we think from the summer on, we're making the switch before the bye week to fully integrate him and give him the best chance to start versus on the fly, which is, you know, this happened at a weird time, but maybe this was the plan all along. Can I, well, just, the, jump the in, can I just jump in real quick? Uh, because yeah. it turns out that three there's three people in this podcast that watch the Jets Dolphins in real time <laughs> on Sunday, which you can't find a grouping of three people anywhere else in the world uh, that could say that. Uh, before you take it, Henry, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't play very well on Sunday. I thought that maybe could have been a factor. 24 nothing, it got papered over and the Jets are miserable. Uh, but with the bye we combined with mm. the fact that uh, they struggled on third down. He threw some bad passes. He had some interceptions. I wonder if that played in at all as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the Dolphins have had three wins, but in those three wins, Fitz has had three good halves, and then the second half in each of them has been a little bit disappointing. Some of that is because they were so far in front against all three clubs, against the Jags, the Niners, and the Jets this week that they, you know, they he, maybe they took their foot off the gas a bit. But Fitz, I think you're right, Dan, especially did not look good against the Jets. I think in terms of timing, they moved the bye week. So originally, I think the Dolphins had like a week 11 bye, and then as part of all the reshuffle a couple of weeks ago, their bye got moved to week six. So that that may have, have made them think that this mm. was the right time to do it. I think overall, though, and this is a point I was making this morning to Dan Chagrin on Twitter, <laughs> that, that is the, the point that the, I think when the Dolphins hired Brian Flores, 
they gave him a five-year guaranteed contract, which doesn't typically happen for head coaches. You know, it's guaranteed that you get all five years. It's often like a, a three or four-year contract with with options. Um, and I, I think, and then they gave him permission to make a bunch of trades, or him and, and Chris Greer, the general manager, to make a bunch of trades last year. I think the first two years were essentially like write-offs. Let's go go build this team and mold it. It's the youngest team in the NFL right now. So Fitz getting to like nine and seven. Right. This year, if you leave him in there, you wind up being in the same spot as you were in before as one of those teams that floats between seven and nine and nine and seven, and you're in that miserable mid-pack of the NFL. So let, let, let Tua go and make the mistakes. If, if this year doesn't matter, it was actually what happened in the first year with Adam Gase, where they accidentally went to the playoffs, and then as a result of that, expectations get reset the whole way through. You might as well let let someone learn on the job, let someone potentially – you know, fail, find out what you've got in your piece. And then, you know, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed going to 2021 with uh, a quarterback who can, who can, you know, take you further than nine and seven. Or, or do both. I mean, I think they can win this both. division right. with Tua. Yep, I think I they got a, I got a, I think they got a shot. I think the bills are the favorites, but seeing that the dolphins are 10th in DVOA right now, it doesn't surprise me. They've won three games by blowout. They're doing some, uh, really well coached, exciting things. I think you got to make the move because the only thing that matters, the thing that matters most this year is developing Tua. And so they're watching him every day. If they think he's ready to play now and they didn't obviously in week one, then you play him. Like I'm just going to trust Brian Flores. He's been a good coach. And that's the number one thing. Initially it reminded me of the giants. I remember being in New York when they benched Kurt Warner at five and four, I think was the record for Eli and Eli came in and they were suddenly the worst offense in the league and he was the worst quarterback in the league. But you know what? Eli said all throughout his career that that experience made him so much better. And he came into his year two way better. He took a massive leap and he said that experience was part of it. So if they think two is ready, you don't want to put them in a bad situation. But I kind of think the fact that they're a decent team around them makes me want to play them even more. Win exactly. with Tua. Well, and, and the other bit, Greg and Greg and I have a, a long text chain which focuses solely on the Miami Dolphins offensive line, mm, or at least it has done over the last few weeks. It's pretty exciting. Greg uh, has and, that with all that... thirty-two teams with, with <laughs> different sure. people. He just loves it so much. But uh, but I think that's played into it as well. The Dolphins have three rookies starting on the offensive line, but they have been surprisingly better than than expected. And so I think again, with the bye week being moved up, with the offensive line looking certainly a lot better than it did a year ago, they feel confident that Tua, who's now a year removed from that injury, who's obviously had time to pick up the playbook even without training camp and everything that happened, like now's the time. And 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 Greg's right, you know, Fitz is you know, the the. 20th best quarterback. I don't, I don't know who, where the QB index, where West has him this week, but he's been floating at, you know, somewhere between 32 and 20, let's say. Um, Tua has the upside. So why not, why not put the guy in who could potentially take you further this year, but definitely can do in, in future years? Here's another theory, Hank, before we say goodbye, because I know you have an important vice president of international stuff to tend to. Uh, do, does this announcement go down or does this report come out today? Uh, if the Bills don't lose yesterday and all of a sudden they're thinking in Miami, okay, we're three and three. Our defense is getting better. We're, we're certified frisky. Over in LA, they get the Herbert lift. What if Tua is ready? He, we get the Tua lift and we can steal this damn division. I, I, I initially didn't like it. And maybe because I like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, but. It might as well start the future while also potentially bettering the present because it t- it maybe puts the ceiling a little bit higher. Yeah, I mean, th- maybe that plays into it. I definitely think that the division's more open than we thought it was two weeks ago before the Bills lost two on the trot. So, um, How about that? It's, it's exciting. Listen to this exciting. conversation we're having in week seven but, but of 2020. But Dan, you know, for you, this is, you know, two years ago, three years ago, you were able to be excited because you had a new young quarterback who'd done nothing. And, right. and, and, you know, three years mm. from now, the chances are as a, as a broken Dolphins fan, I will, I'll probably be sitting um, feeling the same way about my team as you. But I'm enjoying today because <laughs> yeah, if nice. you can't enjoy today, then you can't enjoy anything. Before you go, Henry, I, I want you to enjoy something else because, you know, you're very humble, but you're a key member of this international pathway program. I feel like it's been a big year for the international players. My lot is in there. 
for the Eagles. Never played football before. <laughs> He's playing left tackle. You got Jakob Johnson. Uh, yeah. You got a, a Patriots starting offensive lineman. I Henry, forget which Henry one it is. Henry twisted Greg's it? arm behind his back and said, you better get that pathway <laughs> program the plug pathway, in there. The pathway program's <laughs> taken over him. But hey, Henry, why not, why not bring Greg on to your you know, highfalutin meeting to pitch what you what he's just said here? It sounds like he might be promoted. You might be promoted for the eighth so time passionate. since I've known you. I mean, you know, everyone wins. <laughs> um, well, yes, thank you, Mark. No, Mike, look, I'm, I'm super excited about the play pathway program. And the, you know, Greg, is exactly right there you know Jordan Mailata was had never played a down of football before he came into the NFL his the first time he went to a football game he was playing in it that in itself is is a pretty remarkable thing um and so yeah super excited for him for Jakob Johnson um lots of lots of new things coming from from international what, players in what the happens league. to That's, the international players who don't work out do they just are they silently removed from the equation and, and never seen from again maybe put deep below the earth no, no, no. They they go back to their home countries and hone their craft um, to to get better and and if if nothing else to take the uh, coaching on that they've um, that they've, so they've learned say. in the NFL to to bring some new people. Yeah, so that's what I'm telling you. One more thing, Dan, because I know you're a Fitz fan. Can I just say this? How's sure. this for a little a little theory that's coming? Um, Fitz, the who who you know Tua was his apprentice, becomes the apprentice to Chan Gailey, who's I think in his late seventies, oh. to take over as the Dolphins' offensive coordinator a year mm. or two from now, <laughs> Kellen Moore style, um, and goes on to an NFL coaching career. By the time he retires as, NFL, as an NFL head coach in 30 years, he hasn't shaved his beard once during that whole time, and it's down below his knees. I don't know. I, I see his Fitzpatrick as maybe as a renaissance man that wants to do other things outside the football world. I'm also not convinced he's not going to be still playing when he's 50. Hey, one more thing, Henry. Uh, since you're the pathway guy, uh, Ricky, hit it. And now, another edition of Keeping Up With Bowen. So, what do you got? I, I, I don't have anything on Moritz right now, I'm afraid, guys. I mean, he, he has gone back. You know, the, the um, Schwabich Hall unicorns will be welcoming back with open arms um, to go play wide receiver, tight end, and, and pass on a lot of his experience from the NFL so that young unicorns um, can, can join the player pathway program in the future. Hit it, Ricky. And that is another edition of Keeping Up With Bone. All right, Henry. We love you, buddy. Miss you. It's lovely to see you guys. Um, take care. Love to you all, to Wes, if he's listening as well. And um, we'll catch up soon. Have fun at your corporate meeting. Thank you, Mark. If you want to join, you know, feel free to, to jump in. No, I'm satisfied on that front. <laughs> there he goes. The king of Britain, the king of the international program, Henry Hodgson. Always good to see and hear from Hank. All right, before we sign off, as uh, we mentioned earlier, NFC East is a, a dump. It's like a, a floating dump um, off Staten Island right now. And uh, everybody is puzzled how it could have gotten this bad. Uh, this is how bad it's gotten. We'll start it out this way, Mark. The Giants play the Eagles on Thursday night on Fox and NFL Network, 5.20 p.m. Pacific, 8.20 Eastern. Both teams are still in good shape and alive if they lose, even though they only have one win. In week seven. It's it's incredibly messy. And I think, you know, Greg, you put it well. It's in, in messy to unprecedented um, levels. That said, the Eagles, after this Giants game, go play the Cowboys, then have their bye, then come back from their bye, rested to play the Giants again, potentially healthier, that could get them to 4-4-1 four, four, and one if they took care of business against three bad teams. Suddenly, you know, I'm not buying into any of these teams. I would like an angry, um, like, alien mothership to come take all four of these college-level operations and remove them until 2021. But the one element I still want to believe in is Carson Wentz, who has been, you know, we, we there are a lot of young quarterbacks in bad situations, and I wouldn't call Carson Wentz a young quarterback right now the same way. But the unprecedented 
word should be attached to the injuries that are around him. The line, it's it's the second year in a row, and suddenly, like, will Miles Sanders be around? I mean, the team is so banged up that the only thing I can hope for is some sort of Carson Wentz Thursday night playmaking magic with their fleet of interesting third stringers against the Giants defense <laughs> that's looked pretty good, frankly. Like, I think the Giants defense, I'm not saying that it's a great defense. It's just improved from their completely identity identity black hole that they operated in for the last seven years. It's, it's a recipe for a very unwatchable game because I, I agree with you. I think the Giants defense should be able to slow down Philadelphia, who's down so many offensive linemen. Since we've last recorded, we learned Zach Ertz is out three to four weeks. I don't even know if that hurts them so much as as ineffective as he was, but, I mean, it's not a good thing. Doesn't help Carson Wentz. Right. Miles Sanders is out this week. Um, So they're down to two of their original starters. Just uh, Although, actually, they might get Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey back for this game, uh, which is interesting. It'll be a different look. We'll we'll see how much that matters. I mean, Deshaun Jackson is like Amelia Earhart at this point. She might return (laughs) to society. I don't, you know... Um, I don't think he's played in 14 years. So I'm convinced. When, when this when this NFC East um, when the when I was watching the Cowboys last night and they were talking about the NFC East, I suddenly had this weird vision of like Joe Judge celebrating because the six and ten Giants just won the NFC. I don't know why it felt like a Mark Sessler vision because it just like felt like well, which team is like healthy enough and has like a couple things I like like James Bradbury's playing like an all pro uh, Darius Slayton is a legit starting wide receiver um I mean it's pro- Shepard's coming it's back, probably apparently. not good that they had 46 snaps last week and Devontae Freeman was featured on 20 of them that mm. feels like a, a ratio you don't want in 2020 although he's looked a little better but uh they don't look terribly coached they're like mostly in these games and they're just healthier so maybe I was like well like maybe the Giants win five or six games and they win this division could happen I think there's Giants fans are already annoyed and and they want to be in the tank for Trevor conversation. But, you know, uh, Jones has just made – I think he's made 18 starts and he's got a new head coach and a new scheme. You got to see this whole season through before even beginning to think about rebooting again. So this is a good – for the Giants, they're not going to the Super Bowl. They're most likely not going to pull the Joe Judge Gatorade bath at 6-10. and Uh, but it's still going to be an important season for them in terms of trying to figure out what what they have uh, on both sides of the ball. I don't this yeah this game though is the Eagles front looks good. I it's mean their their defense is mostly healthy and they're pretty good, which is why I think it'll be so ugly. That you figure they would be able to slow down the Giants, who are mostly now like they wish Daniel Jones was Lamar Jackson and like his miles per hour. I saw some next gen thing was like the fastest any quarterbacks run all year. And he is fast as hell, but he does not have the running instincts as Lamar. And it's like when Daniel Jones running is the primary thing in your offense, you're probably in trouble. How about this? Carson Wentz Thursday night against a putrid Giants team. Is this this game's in Philly, too, right? I know things are weird this year, but. Go light up the Giants. I, you're going to have the two veterans back, hopefully. Fulgham has turned into a guy you could trust. No Ertz. Um, down their top two tight ends, actually, right now. But it's the Giants. Deliver a game where you have four scores. You throw for 300 yards. You run for 30. You don't have a turnover. And just like put together that game against this opponent and kind of get people feeling better inside that building about you and the chances in what's been a pretty hellish season so far. I mean, they almost beat Baltimore. I would say one thing from an NFL fan perspective, you know, 30 plus years of watching this game. If a team ever won the division, a division at five and 11, it would be one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed. And I would be all in on that playoff game. I'm not saying time after time, but in one season, if that happened, yes. The Seahawks in 2011 or 10 went seven and nine and won a playoff game on the Beast Quake, right? So remember the Carolina team went what seven, eight and one? They won a playoff game too. So just what, you know, football's weird, man. Don't be surprised if something crazy happens. Uh, but there you go. Thursday Night Football. Check out Connie Fox, of course, on NFL Network. She hosts, she anchors, in fact, coverage, pregame, halftime, postgame. How about a little Connie Fox? Who do we want Connie Fox sitting down with? I'd like to get to know Daniel Jones to see if he has a little more personality 
Uh, how about Daniel Jones after a win uh, with Connie Fox, and they're just chopping I it mean, up and having fun? Connie Fox, the Eagles fan, I would preferably yeah. give her an Eagles player. Carson no. Wentz well, would, would but fit. But that's a little more entertaining, though, isn't it? Just to have Connie having a... I mean, I see where you're going. Grind her teeth through it. Wentz, not too entertaining. <laughs> Daniel Jones, not too entertaining. Trying to think of a wacky Eagle. How about maybe, Deshaun maybe Jackson? Deshaun Jackson has yeah. a big game. I, I can see Deshaun him chopping Jackson's it up hamstrings. Some fun. Yeah. She interviews the hamstrings. How how you doing, man? She's like, oh, it's been a tough 31 years. But uh, also, and Jeffrey is like, I'm so glad that Deshaun Jackson's taken all the heat in this uh, injured <laughs> Eagles convo. Uh, I haven't done anything since the Super Bowl. Oh, it was a great Super Bowl, though. All right. Good stuff. Good football convo. Yes, we'll be back on Thursday with two shows, the Week 7 preview. Uh, that's the big one uh, where we go through every game uh, ahead on the slate in on Sunday and Monday. Hopefully no Tuesday or Wednesday night of football. Right now, that is not the case. And then also we will uh, have a mini pod that goes up late Thursday, recapping the Eagles-Giants affair so there you go all right how's everybody feeling in general i feel great one ricky. thumb up greg ricky, how you up, doing? I'll put one thumb up one thumb up i'm doing up. good i got this yeah. new fancy water bottle that tells me to drink it'll be like get started remember your goal oh, so i should have something like that too i'm drinking a that- lot of water the the season is a good not distraction, but just like gets us in this mode. Uh, too much idle time right now. It gets us like you know the election will just be here before we know it. We're cranking through this uh, remote school year. I mean, we just need to get through this as quickly as possible. Exactly. And enjoy Rick, you, the ride. <laughs> exactly, Ricky. And you and you're drinking water and you're making the right decisions. You'll never be an offensive lineman like that. So that's good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm drinking yeah. Um, a gallon of water a day. I'm trying to do it for like a month. Uh, it's hard to get through this whole show without running to the bathroom 30 times. I'm going right. to, not going to lie. Tell us more. Yeah. That is a struggle so that when you drink all that. <laughs> all right, let's go. Uh, this is Dan Hansa signing off for Ricky Hollywood. The quiet storm, the old bat- boss, handsome Hank. Oh, what an appearance by the handsome. Until Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.